Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. I think that a lot of us experience that during the holidays. There's just a lot of energy circulating. And when we're around people that knew us from the past, we're getting triggered to be our old self. Mm. So there's a lot going on. So I think being kind and gentle with ourselves and being prepared for things is the best way to go. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm so grateful that you are back for another episode. And if you have not yet, gotten your Bliss Project ticket. I hope that you join me for my annual event in Newport Beach, California. It is the first weekend in March in 2019. It's coming up really quickly. We are over 80% sold out. So I would love for you to join us in that room. If you are ready to create the life that you know you are meant to be living, you need to be in this room. And what I always tell everyone is get in the room. (laughs) If you have the urge or the desire or even the inkling or curiosity, it's probably because what you need is in there and what you need can be created in there. So go to theblissproject.info and you can join your like-minded tribe who can help you get 
to all of the places that you want to go. And truly, it's all about connection and fun and creating the life of your dreams. And on today's episode, I have Katie Pasternak, who is a women's leadership coach. She helps leaders embody new levels of evolution so they can create lives that turn their soul on. Katie provides strategy and support to stretch women out of their comfort zones so they can earn more, love deeper, and experience magic on the regular. Through her private membership, mastermind programs, iTunes podcast, and YouTube channel, she's inspiring women to take messy, sexy action every single day so they can amp up their growth game and have fun while doing it. And you guys, I loved this about Katie. I was immediately attracted to just how real and open and vulnerable she is. And you'll see just by her super contagious laugh, (laughs) just how authentic she is. And on our podcast, we talked all about the holidays. So this is a super timely podcast, you guys, because we will be chatting all about going home for the holidays, how you can prepare yourself for that, how to really deal with all of the triggers around food or booze or thinking that people are going to show up a certain way. We talk about creating new traditions. We talk about taking time for you. We talk about having the tough conversations. So if you are going home for the holidays or you're preparing for holiday parties or just really wanting to kind of stay in tune with yourself throughout this month and get the most joy out of this time of year. You don't want to miss this podcast. And it doesn't matter if you're tuning into this during the holidays or not. These are all practices that if you're thrown into any situation that is not your normal routine, these tips are absolutely going to help you. I loved, loved, loved this conversation and this connection with Katie. So let's get started. Katie, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Lori. I'm excited. So I would love for everyone who maybe has not met you yet or heard of you yet, if you could just kind of share what it is that you love to do, what you do and how you got started. Mm, yes. So it's definitely evolved since I began, but right now, um, <laughs> the biggest interest for me is leadership development for spiritual seekers. Mm. Um, and that kind of intertwines a lot of things in, in personal growth, but also spiritual growth. And, you know, it encompasses all the things that we love so much from self love to spirituality to manifestation to all the things. But I've just found that the leadership development is something that feels just so true to my core and my purpose work. So that's what's really exciting for me right now. Mm, So was that always something that you wanted to do or did that totally... I know you just said that it pretty much evolved, but at what point did you realize that you really wanted to work with leaders and not just people who were maybe kind of at the beginning of their path? Yeah. So I think it naturally came as I developed my own leadership. And I noticed that when I started coaching and doing like life coaching in the beginning, it was always kind of that inherent gift I had to just activate that personal leadership within someone. And it just started to be reflected back to me, the people that I was attracting into my space and what they were really seeking from me. Although I was trying to do all the things, it was very clear that leadership thread really was in there. So it kind of just happened organically. Mm, I always think that's so crazy and and one of the in the most beautiful ways because I think one of the things that a lot of people who listen to this podcast are the the places that they're at is that they want to go to that next level or that next place that they're being called to but that leap into that next part of you can always be kind of a scary thing because did you ever have that point in your life where or when you were deciding that you wanted to start training leaders that you were like wait who am I to train these people? Like who am I to train these leaders? Yes, all the time. And it's, it's like, you're always going daily, through. Like, I'm going daily through for me. <laughs> yes. I'm like going through a very similar process, like yet again, of just another evolution of changing gears and changing direction and like reevaluating everything. And it's just a piece of the game. I think that's mm. the most beautiful and destructive oftentimes part of entrepreneurship, especially when you're in it for actual soul alignment. You have to keep reevaluating. Like, where are you at in your evolution and not staying stagnant because you thought you had to be something um, and just really leaning into what's coming next for you. 
Oh my God. I love that you just said that because I think, uh, you know, so often I, I get questions that are like, okay, well, when, when do you stop being afraid? Or, oh my God, I'm so afraid. That's why I'm not doing it. I'm like, oh, but what? <laughs> like, I'm so afraid. That's why I do it. Like I go and I search for the things that I'm afraid of. And I know that that's where I need to go next because mm-hmm. on the other side of me, not finding those things is almost like, when you stay in that comfort place for too long, all of a sudden it's like a very uncomfortable place. So it's that dance between being in the comfort, but also seeking the discomfort often enough that you keep evolving. Yes, 100%. Oh man. So take me back even further than that. So what got you even started into this path of what you're doing now? Like way back, because I know it's typically people's own transformation that makes them want to help others transform. Yeah, totally. So like everyone else, I kind of hit rock bottom (laughs) in my (laughs) own life. Um, And I had just a lot of different um, body image issues and eating disorders and just the whole gamut, did the whole bodybuilding thing. Um, It's actually interesting talking about this now because I've noticed that theme in so many powerful women in this industry in particular, how it's like, wow, we all struggled a lot with like body image and like fitness and all these things. We're just very intense women in that (laughs) regard. So (laughs) That was kind of my experience too. And, um, you know, I really just came to a rock bottom after, you know, dealing with a lot of anorexia and losing my job because I was so obsessed with fitness and losing a relationship, just hitting rock bottom, being completely anxious, depressed, couldn't stop eating my feelings after that point in recovery. It was just, it was so, so dark. So I think I had to come to this space. And, you know, just one day I found a book on meditation. It was one of those God sent things. And it just kind of opened up the door for me for spirituality and personal growth, which was not in my space or my life at all before that point. But it just started unfolding from there and I became obsessed with it and uh, just totally aligned with it. And it's been a beautiful rocky ride. Mm. Oh, I know we share so many of those similar stories. And isn't isn't podcasting just the most beautiful thing where you start interviewing people and you're like, wow, we are all the same. But there's mm. that there's that point. And I want to know if this if it if it happened for you, because I think there's some people who might be at rock bottom right now, but they are, I think there's a door that can be opened perhaps by even just praying or asking or being willing. Like I remember my rock bottom point. I feel like it started to you start to get the answers when you actually surrender and ask. It was like this point where I just I couldn't do it anymore alone on my own. And I remember I think the transition point started when I was like, I need help. Like God, anyone, anything, please. Like I'm willing, I'm open to see like a a different path or a different way of being. And it wasn't until that like complete surrender point that the rock bottom actually started to, you know, go up instead of keep going down. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you have that point for you? Yes, 100%. And it's something that I keep bringing myself back to. And now living a life with more surrender is the most beautiful thing ever. And it's almost ironic because you have that moment of like surrender, I can't do this, rock bottom. And then you come into personal development where it's like, you're in control of everything. Like you can do <laughs> anything that you want. So it's like you get, you kind of forget and then you shame yourself if you're not doing a good enough job or if it, the change isn't working or whatever. And then you remember what got you to that little breaking point in the beginning. And you're like, oh yeah, I surrendered to a greater power. And you just keep reminding yourself of that. At least that's how it's been for me. I'm just like, I'm done really trying to change and fix things because my human self is by no means as capable (laughs) as that greater source. Yes, I'm right there. It's so funny as like, the new year is coming or quickly approaching. I'm kind of watching myself go back to, you know, wanting wanting to push or figure it out or have all these plans. And then, and then the other part of me is like, okay, well, how about you just kind of let go and see what's working and see what feels good and what's flowing. But there's so many parts of me that want to go back to that, that part that is like, okay, let's plan it. Let's get it all done and let's push and let's go for this. And I'm like, okay, that's like not working for me anymore. But it's because it does kind of work up to a point. And I do think there's value within it. It's just the back and it's like the back and forth of both of those things. 
Totally. And I, like, I believe we have to build the body in order to surrender at a greater level. It's like we need to know that we are capable of getting things done by ourselves if we actually want to surrender to see what might happen. So I totally agree. There's a period where we need to like be high performers, be high achievers, like get it done, prove to ourselves that we can trust ourselves and actually be successful. And then it's like, cool, now let's see what Flo wants to do with this body, with this vessel that I've built. Oh, I love that you shared that so much because I think that we can get lost in the, um, you know, find the flow, follow the flow. And people are like, I don't even know like where, I don't even know what river I'm on. Like I don't even understand (laughs) until you're like, you know what I'm saying? It's so, I think that's so important because I, looking back over my, um, I feel like for a long time there was this, uh, place where a lot of people were saying just, you know, oh, stop the hustle and stop the work and go into the ease and the flow. And I'm like, but without all of those things that I built up and all of those things that I did, I would never actually understand what this even, what this conversation even means. Mm. So I, I don't know. I think that's such an important, important thing to point out is that sometimes you have to do all of that work to be able to flow on top of it. So, okay. So something that I'm really excited to chat with you about today, because I was just looking over all of your amazing content and the holidays are upon us right now. And I already feel them. We've already gone through Thanksgiving and I know that for a lot of people, the holidays can be like one of the most like chaotic, stressful times ever, especially people who are maybe really diving into their spiritual practice or really evolving or really wanting to go after the things in their life that they want to create. So I know that you recently have been having this conversation as well. And I just want to know how your kind of evolution through the holidays with your family and your life has been over even the last like five years. Mm, Yes, yes. So I think in the beginning, um, it was just trigger central and I didn't really know how to operate and exist within that container, especially when alcohol got involved or like certain foods when I was going through this period of like just meditating and being Mm. really you know, clean with everything that I was intaking and working to change the way that I related to all these things. It was just, it was like really overwhelming and so, so difficult. And as I continued going, it got easier, but I noticed the tendency to want to change things come up and just seeing the worst in people and being like, why can't they be at this level and trying to get everyone else on the same page that I was at. Story of my life in the beginning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is what's wrong with you. Yes. And because I've suddenly changed this year, you're totally wrong. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And you're just like looking at everyone's, so you're like, oh, I bet they have this trauma going on. And look at this limiting story that they're telling. And it's just like really, really exhausting and actually creates more disconnection. So I think from that point, I just moved into a place of more acceptance and grace and really allowing my human self to just have fun and enjoy the experience mm-hmm. um, and kind of navigating how to take care of myself and stay energetically nourished during the holidays. And I don't like to project that the holidays are like negative and stressful, mm-hmm. but the truth is like they can be and it's normal. I think that a lot of us experience that during the holidays. There's just a lot of energy circulating. And when we're around people that knew us from the past, we're getting triggered to be our old self. Mm. So there's a lot going on. So I think being kind and gentle with ourselves and being prepared for things is the best way to go. Mm, I love that. So we're going to go over um, some of the points that you mentioned, but I love that you had said triggered to be your old self. And I know that through the holidays, it's so it's, it's funny because I am more and more every single year enjoying them more and more because I'm understanding what that actually looks like for myself and my family and building uh, different traditions and um, taking those boundaries in that space. But there are parts of me that can still go back to, I I love that you said, be gentle with yourself because I do find once in a while, I go back to being the old me and, and like, that's okay. Sometimes that's okay. (laughs) Sometimes, honestly, I've had moments where I'm like, okay, here's the deal. The path of least resistance right now is just the way it's going to (laughs) be. 
like, mm-hmm. I am just going to let this go in this way and let this unfold. And I'm going to let it be okay that maybe I'm eating or drinking way more, or maybe I'm, you know, feeling triggered in this way or whatever that looks like. But it's just like surrendering to feeling everything that's there for me to feel. So before we get into that, though, um, <laughs> one of my favorite quotes, which you've probably heard this, and it's one probably um, a favorite of yours around the holidays, too, is a Ram Dust quote that says, you think you're enlightened, try going to home to visit your family for a week. Um, (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, isn't that like so the truth? Sometimes during the holidays, you're like, no, I'm good. I have all these practices and these boundaries and I've created this amazing life. And then you go home and you're like, "Ah!" Like, it's all gone. Um, so you say the holidays are the Olympics of personal growth. Yes. <laughs> like just share, just just expand for me. They are. They so are. We we all know that feeling when it's like you're amping yourself up. I've done this so many times where I'll be so diligent with like self-care, meditation, pumping myself up. This is gonna be the best holiday ever. And then it's like within the hour that you get home, you're just like, bombarded with so many different things coming at you. And a lot of it is so energetic. We don't even have context for why we're feeling this way. It's like, well, no one, maybe no one said anything to you. Maybe nothing has really happened, but it's like the energy of all these people when you become so much more energetically sensitive through your own spiritual work. It's kind of like, it's just a lot to process. Um, And I think for people with, especially with food and alcohol and substances, when those things get involved, that brings up a whole nother layer of trigger and influence. And that brings out like deep, dark shadows that are underneath. It's just, it gets really intense. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I love what you said earlier too, about just accepting that this might be happening Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Your shadow is never going to disappear. You just have to turn around and give it a hug Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of like love that into peace. Because I think what we all want to feel is peace, not perfection. We don't like, I don't want to go on the holidays for like, I did so great with my two drink minimum and I didn't eat any sugar and I was totally loving towards everyone. I would rather be like, wow, that was a really great time and I felt so at peace with myself. Mm. So I think that's where the work is. Mm, so good. Okay. So you talked a lot about, you know, just even energetically, that's where we can start to be. That's just where it starts. <laughs> So what do you do right now or what would you recommend for people who are already wanting to prepare a bit uh, for feeling different or going in with a different approach right now uh, to going home or going back or going back and seeing all of the old faces and going back to the old uh, routine? So what's something that you do to kind of prepare yourself energetically to help with that? Yeah. So for me, it's keeping up with general self-care practices like exercising, meditation, journaling, whatever it is that I need to do to keep myself in alignment. And then I'm really intentional about doing things in the experience of the holidays. If it's like an event, oftentimes I need to actually like vacate the room and breathe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just like needs to happen. Like I just need to go and step outside or just like do a quick like circular breath for a minute just to clear that energy. That's been really big for me. And also just voicing some of it, Mm. you know, to to people that I know might not be as quote unquote conscious as I am, but just to speak to like, wow, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed right now. Like, how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. And just to kind of normalize the fact that everyone's feeling a little bit energetically stimulated and maybe off kilter. Mm-hmm. I love that. We actually talk about that a lot with uh, in my family and we're like, we try to give each other space for walks now. Cause like for people who are going from, you know, maybe you do a lot of work on your own or maybe you're not used to so much social time or so much interaction, especially if you are more, in, you know, you're, it's a lot of introverted people with extroverted people. Like it's a mix of different things that are going on. And it's like, what do we need to make this a fun holiday for everyone? And so we'll voice that sometimes like, okay, I'm just being super honest. Like, you know, in order for me to be able to play games all night or be with you guys all night, I need to just go take some space and take a walk this afternoon. Like it just becomes so much more normalized by saying that instead of thinking, hey guys, we're going to wake up at 8 a.m. We're going to watch a Christmas movie. We're going to eat lunch together. We're going to do this. We're going to start drinking. We're going to watch like that is so much stuff. (laughs) So much. I just got so anxious as you said all that. I was like, ah, (laughs) 
oh my God. <laughs> like, that's a lot. So like really looking at your day and I think, um, do you plan ahead? Because what we do is we try to plan ahead and actually look at what the days are that we're going to be spending together in a home or like, what is this? How is this going to play out? Because if you don't plan it, it's probably going to be a bit of a, you know, it's going to go crazy. Totally. Yes, totally. I'm planning the days and something that's coming up for me more this year is actually dropping into which one of these events do I actually want to go to? Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's been like triggering for me to even sit with because sometimes, you know, it's it's family, it's close friends, but I'm like, if the only reason I'm going is because of guilt, I don't really feel it's in alignment for me to go. So sometimes it's even looking at like, what do I absolutely want to be at? Mm-hmm. Um and not in a way to be like, oh, I'm just going to be introverted and stick to myself. But it's like, I'm not going to have fun if, I, if I'm somewhere I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that you just said that because I'm actually, there's a lot of, it's funny, I'm looking in my emails this morning and I'm like, oh, I feel like I should go. I want to connect with these people. And then I was thinking, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to see the people that I want to see at this party because there's going to be so many people there. So if my intention is actually to connect with this person who's putting it on, maybe I could entertain the idea of actually going to like a lunch with them after this or looking at something down the road. Because Mm. what happens a lot this time of year is I will do so much stuff before the holiday that I actually end up taking away from the actual holiday with my family that I want because I'm too exhausted. I don't feel good in my physical body because I've ate or drank too much at all of these other parties and I just don't feel well. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, okay, you know what? I want to reserve myself to really make this time special. So what does that look like backing up through the month? So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yes, I love that. And I think it's important too to realize that winter is a time where we all naturally want to be with ourselves mm-hmm. and in this kind of inclusion time. I mean, a lot of the people that I work with and even, you know, peers were kind of in this space of like, you know, baking up the next idea, the next evolution, like really diving into deeper spiritual practices, like in this kind of period of growth, internal growth. So if we're putting all of our energy outside of ourselves from for the holidays, you know, not even maybe work related, but it's like, God, how did that month, two months just get taken from me mm-hmm. when I really should have been like really deep into my process that would like nature is trying to bring through right now. Mm. Um, so I've kind of been paying attention to that too, because I'm like, I definitely feel the need to be with myself deeply. So I'm making sure that like, I have space for that because that is the most important for me, despite like everyone, like, it is the most important. Oh man, I am so feeling that right now too. And I'm finding that in order for me to get to that space, I have to get really right and at peace with letting it be okay that I'm disappointing people because the amount of no's that have to go out in order to create that space are like, it can be very intensive, but I'm finding... I'm finding the way to say no faster. Like that's kind of my practice right now because I'm really trying to focus in on what you just said. Like I want that rich, like savory time to just be. And I haven't had that for so long that I'm like, okay, don't get caught up again with trying to people please because that can be a default response for me. So ah, permission to disappoint. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it gives other people permission to not people please. You know, sometimes people get triggered, but when you really drop in and ask them like, hey, where else in your life are you pleasing other people and doing things that you don't really want to do? Like, why are we doing that? And even having that conversation, I mean, I'm having the conversation with my family too about gifts. We're like, you know what? It's kind of stressful. What if we didn't? You know, and knowing that some people are going to disagree, but like have just opening up the conversation to be like, let's evaluate the things that we were all doing unconsciously to see if it's in actual alignment and we're enjoying our holiday. I'm okay. We're like, I we're sharing a brain right now. I'm so glad you just said that because so last year was the first year that we had that conversation. We actually went through with it because we were like, we're just completely reevaluating our holidays as a family right now. Now, mind you, we took five years before this to start talking about like the food we're eating and how we're showing up. And because we just like, it just wasn't working anymore. (laughs) So what happened last year is we really realized that like 
the running around and the gifts and all of this stuff was actually distracting us from spending time together mm. where we could actually be spending so much great time together. We could be doing more things. We could actually be doing an activity at Christmas instead of opening gifts. And all of us weren't sharing that we actually didn't even want the stuff. Like we didn't want stuff in our lives and that if we want stuff, we tend to go get it for ourselves or, you know, maybe a gift card or something like that. But what if we actually shared what we want instead of like having this feeling of waste afterward, you know, and feeling the guilt of, wow, I don't even feel like I needed this and they could have kept this money or we could have put this towards something else or we could have given this to somebody else. Um, So these are real conversations that aren't easy to have, but they are life changing. So now last year and this year we're doing, we just do one white elephant gift and then one nice gift and we just trade them. So everybody only brings two gifts. That's it. Love it. It's love it. freaking amazing. It is like, mm-hmm. and even that for me, I'm like, how about no gifts? No, I'm just kidding. But for real, I could be fine without it. But yeah. <laughs> but that's like fun. It's something to do for a couple hours and it's kind of fun to, you know, like watch everybody open their stuff. But that's been game changing for us. Yeah, that's so huge. I mean, just to, like you were saying too, to really acknowledge that we don't get to spend time with one another when we're constantly stressed out about things. I mean, and even in the experience to be like, oh, are they going to like, like my gift? Did you get this gift? Did you bring this pie? Like whatever people are worried about. It's like, it just robs the connection opportunity. I mean, people are, people go in debt over worrying about, did they get enough? Are they going to, you know, is somebody making sure that every need and want and all of these things are, you know, taken care of at, at, this time. And it's just, it's such a, it can be such a distraction. Now, if your love language is gifts, that's just, what is that? I mean, what what do you think that takes? Just a conversation around creating a new tradition around something that you love? Or what do you, what are your tips for people who are like, but I'm obsessed with giving gifts? Yeah. I think just having the conversation with the people that you're gifting to and maybe seeing if if that is their love language, if that's how they want to receive or if they want to give something back to you and just really opening up the door. I know a lot of people um, that have the love language of gifts too. My mom is one of them. So even having this conversation with her, she's like, I have to get my children gifts. And I'm like, all right, mom, like, you know, we can like, we'll talk about it, but you know, how would you feel if like we took you out for like a really nice dinner to celebrate in like in exchange for that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a, like an individual conversation basis and keep the things that you love and that are really amazing. If you love gifts and it's nourishing for you, do it. But if it feels like it's stressful, cut it. Mm, I love that because for me, like I, it's so funny. I don't want to receive things, but if people wrote me like uh, this amazing juicy card, I would just be like, (gasps) like to me, that is like, you know, so now people write me those things and I feel full instead of like getting stuff that I feel like I'm disappointing them by not loving it enough or using it enough or whatever that looks like. So just open, honest conversations of how do you want to celebrate this holiday and what feels good for you? I think that's so beautiful. So um, you go deep into uh, people pleasing, which I know that we've already talked about, but are there certain exercises that you kind of do around trying to show up more as just you unapologetically, but not worrying so much about what, you know, this kind of piggybacks off of, are we gifting? Are we making people happy? But I think it's just the whole holiday season. So what's something that you practice around letting go of people pleasing? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is practice, obviously, and in the moment when you know you're getting triggered into a people-pleasing response to just like take a pause and just just drop it to be like, what feels in real alignment for me right now? And if we have the intention set around like, hey, I'm working on my people-pleasing tendencies, you're going to become more aware of it in the moment when it's happening and to just voice it. Once again, to say to people like, hey, you know what? I've noticed that I've been somewhat of a people pleaser and I really want to support you and this party that you're hosting. And I don't know if it's 100% in alignment. I have things going on and I'm wondering if we can do XYZ instead. And to just voice it. So once again, it gives other people permission to be as honest in that scenario and not project that you are the one that creates everyone else's happiness. You know, I think that's what people pleasers are identifying with. It's like, well, if I don't do this, they're going to be sad. They're not going to be happy. They're going to do all these things. And that kind of robs people the opportunity to create their own joy and fulfillment. And it leaves them dependent on getting all their you know, all their desires met perfectly by the external world in order to feel a certain way. 
So although it might sting in the moment, it's actually empowering them if you voice that around it to be like, hey, you don't need me to make you feel amazing at this holiday season. Like what would make you feel really good? Mm -hmm. Um, And just kind of empowering them that way. Oh, I love that. And that's honestly, practice is one of the biggest things I find sometimes. It's like, you know how you could either be at like a dinner party or a family thing and you can know someone's like a bit bent out of shape or upset about something and it's like you can focus in on it or you have that moment where you can actually kind of like move away from that person, go start a different conversation, like Mm -hmm. detach from the energy of worrying about if that person's okay because it's not your job to worry if they're okay or unhappy. Like that is a crazy point in your life when you actually go, wow, all right, that's like, they can be unhappy over there and I'm still allowed to have fun over here. Yes. Yes. Not and I think it's so triggering too for like a lot of people that come into personal growth. We have a lot of black sheeps and outsiders. Mm. You know, that's kind of like why we come in. We're like, I don't belong and I need to change better. (laughs) And then so, yeah, you get triggered by the people pleasing stuff because then you're like, oh my God, now I'm just validating that outsider identity and keeping myself more introverted. And, you know, this was always my story and I want to change this. I want to connect more. But if we really just drop in to be like, is the connection with this person? in 100% alignment right now? And do I have other people that I feel totally connected with that I can drop into with? Mm -hmm. Instead of being like, everyone needs to love me and everyone needs to feel that from me and feel like I'm trying with them. You know, and Mm -hmm. kind of letting that story just fade away that you're an outsider, that you're a black sheep. Of course, this is happening because I know that comes up a lot too. Oh my God, yes. I can literally think back to times when like, I'll leave somewhere and be like, oh, was I nice to this person? Did I make them feel welcome? Did they feel this way? Did they? And I'm like, oh my Lord, like, did you have any fun? <laughs> did yeah. you, is it okay that you actually had fun like in you know this group with these people over here instead of worrying about what's going on in the whole room? That's a really, that's a huge one for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. So is there anything for you right now that you're kind of in resistance in around? this season? Yeah. So I think just going back to what I was saying earlier about the craving for being in my own hermit shell right now, just kind of like creatively and spiritually and navigating the holidays around that and really just prioritizing that. I feel like I'm moving into another... It's going to challenge a lot of people-pleasing tendencies within Mm. me, especially around family, because there's always that backlash, at least in my family, to be like, what do you mean you're not coming? Like, all that. Anytime that, you know, we come into personal growth, there's always that, you know, kind of underlying judgment in some people that are like, oh, you think you're better than us. Mm. Um, That's definitely been my experience. We're like, oh, you think you're a hot shot or whatever it is. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I don't. I'm just doing my thing right now. And so that there's wounding around that for me. So I'm kind of being with right now, like I need to make sure that I'm planning things and I'm voicing things from a loving and honest place to be like, this is what I'm experiencing right now. And this is where my priority is. I love you. I support you. I hope that we can connect here, but this isn't going to work for me. So I'm kind of just in that space of like, what do I actually need on a soul level during this holiday? So I love that you were just talking about that because so many people are at that point right now, but they're more at... Let's talk to the people who are at the beginning phases of that where, I mean, we can say it and we kind of understand where those boundaries can go and say, you know, I want to take this time for me or I know they're not going to understand. But to some people, they're literally thinking right now, yeah, but your family family's not like mine, or they might reject me, or this is like all hell is about to break loose. And number one, I first want to say, I get it. All hell did break loose for me. They do reject you. It's not easy, but you get through it. So what are some tips maybe for people who that just that initial like, yeah, you you have to feel the feelings and go through that fire at first, but what's something to maybe help them through those first phases? Yeah. I think the most important thing is to know yourself and know that you're in alignment Mm. and not making this decision from a really reactive and fearful place um, to be like, oh my God, I can't handle the holidays. It makes me feel X, Y, Z. It's too overwhelming, yada, yada. And really dropping into being like, what is the empowering decision here? for me. Because it's not like we want you hiding out from the holidays because you're not strong enough or you're too sensitive. It's about like really making empowered decisions from your intuition to be like, no, there's something that's actually out of alignment here. 
that I don't want to be a part of. And I feel like if we drop into that space and we become anchored in our truth, there's nothing that we can really get overly triggered by because we know we're listening to our soul and not like running around in fear because of our mind. Oh, I love that. That actually just really opened uh, something up for me where what feels good for me is just for, um, you know, just a tip for other people is just less time. It doesn't mean I don't want to be with people. It's that sometimes my husband will go with his family all day long and I will meet up with them a little bit later because maybe I don't want to be a part of, you know, certain festivities for all day long, or I don't want to be somewhere where there's, you know, drinking going on all day long, but I'm happy to join at dinner time or after dinner time for some, uh, you know, two or three beautiful hours of like deeper connection. Um, and to me that just like, it's like what feels good and how can we arrange it so that everybody's winning, you know? So I think there's always an arrangement that can be made, but we just are not like, we think it's all or nothing when really it's like, well, what part feels good for you? So what part of, you know, partaking in this feels really good for you? Because it is easy to be like, well, maybe I'll just totally avoid it. And because it might be easier than that conversation about what, you know, what works for you, what works for me. Totally. I love that you said that too. It's so easy to be like, yeah, I'm going to come like two to four hours. Like that sounds amazing. (laughs) Love it. Like, love it. That's perfect. I can do that. Yeah. But when it comes to like people that are like, you know, if you have to go stay at a family's house and then you're staying there for like a week at a time, like you really need to set boundaries because Mm -hmm. it becomes so easy to just get engulfed in that heavy spiral as amazing as the holidays are. I mean, so many people leave the holidays feeling heavy Mm -hmm. and just exhausted. And like, that's not what the season is intended to be about. I don't think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Boundaries. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So talking about shifting perspective before um, we go into it, and and honestly, this is everything we've talked about thus far is about, first of all, shifting your perspective, but really realizing, I think, the power of perspective before we go into it. And uh, something really powerful for me, and I'd love to hear what your perspective shifts have been um, around the holiday season, is just I truly want to make this holiday season fun. So my perspective has been like, what would be fun? How could this be fun instead of looking at it as, you know, because to be quite honest with you, I used to view it as stressful. And I have the craziest background because I didn't even celebrate holidays until I was like 22 um, or older, like until I really married my husband because I was uh, raised in a religion where we didn't celebrate any holidays. So imagine going from like zero to like a family that's like a thousand <laughs> I just didn't understand it. I was like, this is insane. Like, why do we buy all these presents? So I was like, it's so stressful. It's it's kind of ridiculous. And then now I'm like, okay, how could this be fun? How is this something beautiful about bonding? So I'm shifting my perspective around um, just wanting to make it fun, first of all, but I'll go deeper into that. But I'd love to hear some of your perspective shifts. I love that. I love that so much. Um, fun is definitely a piece for me. And also just really connecting with people that I want to connect with at a really intimate level. Because as we're you know doing things and you know living far away from home, we don't always have that space to really drop in. And I've noticed that holidays have been a lot of surface level conversation in most spaces. And so I'm really intentional about like whether it's a private conversation or knowing like who I really need to connect with and drop in with. So my heart feels like mission completed. Like I got that thing and they got that thing that we know we need to hit in order to feel that soul bond between us. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something for me. Fun is definitely something. And then really just inviting more of the celebration of this past year. Um, because sometimes I kind of rush, I feel it feels like a rush through the holidays until New Year's and it's like, oh yeah, reflections, intentions, all these things. But really taking this entire month to just celebrate everything that's been created and to be with myself and all of that process too, just reflect on all the growth, all the evolution of things in business and just be in deep gratitude and celebration and seeking beauty and other instances and scenarios and looking at the Christmas trees and just being in celebration spirit. Are there ways that you implement that into like, what does that look like in your, you know, daily life? Like what will that look like today through the season? And what will that look like when you actually go over to your family's house or your friend's house? Do you know what I mean? So that you don't lose that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm really grateful that I live in Manhattan because it's so beautiful here for Christmas time. So honestly, for me, it's like 
every time I'm walking, it's listening to like mm-hmm. Christmas music or just even like some nice jazz and being intentional about looking at new things that I haven't seen before and like just celebrating their beauty and just mm-hmm. smiling, just walking as if I'm kind of like floating on a cloud mm-hmm. um, and being intentional with that as a practice because it feels really good when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, when I'm actually in this space with other people, it's about laughing with things that I used to judge. Mm-hmm. That's been a huge perspective switch for me. When I would hear people say like limiting or negative things, I will literally just like laugh to myself and celebrate that person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like making the whole container just so much lighter. Um, mm-hmm. So those things have been powerful for me. Oh man, that's uh, that's so that's amazing because <laughs> it is so easy to get into that place of judgment, and it's just like a personal prison. <laughs> it's not oh, it's even, so bad. It's, it's so bad. Yeah, it's so bad. So talking about um, traditions, like I, I truly believe that uh, there's so much space to create really fun traditions and families that can change the way that we are connecting at the holidays. And I know recently, um, my family and I, the past three years, I know we talked about the different gift exchange, but we were also doing this thing that takes like two or three hours where we go around the table and we either write on an ornament or we write on a like a white mug, like we buy plain white ornaments or white mugs and we get uh, gold magic markers and we write a word on each person's mug. Like you put your name on the bottom of the mug or whatever it is and you go around and you um, go like clockwise and you exchange that mug and then you write a word that reminds you of that person or that you see in that person um, on the mug. And then you tell them like what's special about them. And so the whole family goes around and has these moments where you talk to this person and you tell them why they're amazing or what you loved about them this past year or what you see in them. And it's just like this once a year thing that's super special and you get this ornament or this mug or whatever at the end of it. And it takes up all of this time, which is the key there. (laughs) And it's just this beautiful tradition that we've started. So I know there's a million different things that you can do like that, but do you have anything that you like to do with your family that's like, or, or something that you're thinking of doing that you'd like to implement? I love that so much. That's so beautiful. And it was funny because as you were saying that, I was like, that would never happen in my family. (laughs) I love that. I'm like, I just wouldn't see that happening. My family is, is so amazing. But what I've really started to drop into is kind of meeting them where they are in regards Mm -hmm. to the tradition component. Um, Because when I've tried to introduce things of being like, you know, everyone tell them something that you love about the other person and like expressing gratitude. And while I can get them on board for some of those things, I realize that at least one side of my family that's like very redneck country bumpkin, um, <laughs> like out of control, we just really bond through like games. Yeah, um, and totally. Like, contests and we just go like really crazy with all of that. So for me, I've kind of been dropping into like, connecting with them more through the level that they want to play at. So for us, it's about games for sure. And I just am really working at getting more engaged and involved with everything that we're playing to just have fun with them in that space. So we've done everything from like family feud, like costume contests, like we get all kinds of rowdy and out of control. But um, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. our tradition. Okay. And I also love that you said that because it, believe me, that took so long for us to get to this space where we could do, where we could do the other thing, but we love games too. Love, love, love it. And I also love that you said you meet them where they're at because I have parts of my family where that in no way in hell would ever happen. They'd be like, yeah, no, like they'd be so uncomfortable with even like allowing the compliments to come in that it would be like crazy. So meet them where they're at. And if they're open to those other things, like honestly, to get in down and do what we did. I had to like beg them and now they love it, but I had to be like, and it'll be begging again this year. But at the same time, it's like, if I have this stuff and I make them sit down and I'm like, this is important. <laughs> yes, it is. So, and it is about like knowing your audience too. I think like there's, there's certain amen. family members where I'm like, this would fly. Then there's other parties where I'm like, not at all. <laughs> oh no, they yes. would, they would literally, certain parts of my family would like certain people and other parts of my family would le- legit torment me. It would be, I would just like, I they, like there'd be more marker on me with like yeah drawings of yeah phallic things on my <laughs> face um like am i editing that out i'm not sure <laughs> we'll probably just leave that in but <laughs> leave it it's so good All right. So speaking of that, going into just food and booze. I mean, that's uh, it just helped me. 
Food and booze. Food. <laughs> where do we where do we go with that? Because I think that's main, the main trigger is going down that spiral, and you know it's going to happen sometimes. And what happens? And our, number one, how can we start to prepare for all of the triggers around food and booze? And if we do go down that road, how do we bring more grace and love in? Yes, yes, yes. So I think that in preparation for it, we can all be doing the best we can to feel our best because we know that when we feel healthy, we don't we don't want to like eat stuff that isn't going to make us feel good naturally. So doing the prep work in that regard. And then for me, I think everyone is really different. But for me, because I've had so many uh, eating disorder backgrounds and just all those things, anytime I would try to control a party or a holiday, it would just be a disaster. Whether it ended up in some type of like binge eating pattern or it ended up just me being totally in my head the entire time. Like, well, I can't eat it for this and look at them eating this. <laughs> just mm-hmm. not fine, like whatsoever. So I stopped doing that. And for me, I kind of just embrace what it's going to be. I know that the more alcohol I drink, the probably worse that's going to end up mm-hmm. being. So that's one thing that I do kind of stay aware of if I'm just like, okay, you know, like let's kind of pace, let's have a drink of water in between here. Like sometimes I'll try to like set some type of limit or just slow down in the alcohol component. Um, I've set alarms on my phone before to check in like every two hours with myself, which has been really helpful to just like drop in and be like, hey, how are you feeling? Um, And then with the food component, I think for me, it's been allowing And the more that I allow, the less charge and pull and guilt there is towards it. And just knowing that, like, hey, it's a it's a party, it's a holiday, and then you know you get back on whatever wagon, if that's even you know a thing, (laughs) getting back on the wagon when you leave. But I think for people that are you know staying with their families for like a week long time, you have to prepare for what you need. Mm -hmm. You know, and don't just come in there and be like, oh, I'm gonna just have to eat all their food and like not work out and do all those things. Like, no, 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 no. Like that does not have to be your reality. Um, when I've stayed with my family for a prolonged period of time, I would make a way. I'd be like, listen, I need your car because I got to go to yoga. Like I got to go to the grocery store. I need a salad the day after. Like I'm not doing this shit all week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's about preparing. Oh my God. That's exactly um, us too. We literally, it's like, if we're going to have the nights together, we take our days of, if we're, or if we're going to have nights where we're going to be eating a lot or having cocktails and things like that, I take my days to be really like, you know, healthy. I try to take the full day to be as healthy as possible up until like four or five o'clock. Um, and then I allow, it's like, okay, well, what's everybody else eating? You know what I mean? And I kind mm-hmm. of like eat the healthiest option amongst what is going on. Uh, so man, that's just so much. I find that it's so much better in my old tendencies of just overeating and binging don't come out at all when I just say, you can have whatever you want tonight. Like just have bites of it. Like, because you get it again tomorrow night. So so like enjoy it because it's not going anywhere. And that's just been really game changing for me. So yeah, I think that one of the major things also is once the holidays are kind of over, you always have that period where there's that fact or there's that those moments where you can decide to like forgive yourself and let it be okay and it's not even the forgiveness just saying that was all good that was all a part of it and like the come it makes the comeback rate so much faster in the not hating yourself or not holding it against yourself there's this beautiful place where you can actually let it all be okay but how do people get there you know after the holidays what's something that they can start to do to move forward into um just kind of you know feeling back to normal? Mm. Well, on a really practical level, something that I do consistently is talk to myself in the mirror. Mm. And although it's it's so simple, it's actually the most profound self-love work ever. Mm. Because when we're in that space of guilt or shame and just being like, oh God, I just feel gross. The last thing that we want to do is look at ourselves and not just because we don't want to see like, you know, oh my God, am I puffy or whatever? Like, (laughs) do I have bags under my eyes? Mm -hmm. But it's like really facing off with yourself instead of letting your mind take you away from yourself. Mm -hmm. So your mind is going to be like, it's time to work out. It's time to do this. And I can't believe I did this. And like Lily just has you running around in a circle. When if you just really drive yourself to sit down in front of a mirror or stand in front of a mirror and lock eyes with yourself to just be like, Hey, I see you. It's all good. 
I love you. I forgive you. Be with all the emotional resistance that's in your being because it's naturally going to come up as soon as you start looking at yourself and just breathe through it and allow yourself to process through that. And then from that point, really asking yourself, what is the most nourishing and empowering act for me right now? That very well might be working out, you know, drinking more water, doing all those things. But if it's coming from a disempowering place, it's going to create more disempowerment and heaviness in your being because then you're doing it out of shame, out of fear, out of guilt. But when you're dropping into being like, hey, babe, what is it that you need right now to feel really good? And just being super present with yourself in that moment, you realize that not only are you feeling better a lot faster, but it just changes the relationship that you have with yourself and shame so much. Mm. Oh, I'm so glad you just said that because I have been doing that after I, I kind of feel like I just got done with the holiday season after doing, um, I just had a crazy year and uh, did another book launch recently. So just back to back, I mean, months of travel, like three months in a row of just straight travel and like connection with people. And, you know, my fitness routines were not the same. My food was not the same. I was drinking way more alcohol than usual, you know, like at least a cocktail a night for like weeks on end, which is so not usual for me. And it's like you come home and it can be, you can, you couldn't want to go back to those like, what are you doing? And get back into this and get back into your routine right away. And it was like that it's just, that's not working anymore. Like, and it's, I've found that I've been standing in front of the mirror and being like, I'm so proud of you. Like I'm, you, you just did all of that. And like, you still took care of yourself in the best way that you could. And the thing that I'm really focusing on right now is what will make your like mental health and you and like your happiness and joy, like what's going to serve that the most right now? Because I'm just not in the, I'm in the long game now. Like I just can't do that short game crap anymore. Like it's, it just kills me, you know? So I love that you said that because I've been finding, I've just been kind of like stopping the mirror being like, I'm so proud of you. Like don't pick yourself apart. Just, I'm so proud of you for all that you've done. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Sorry, I just dropped into self coaching there for a moment. <laughs> no, so good, so good. <laughs> like, let me just, yeah. I, oh, is this? Am I interviewing you? Sorry, I was just coaching myself. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that what podcasting is? Though we're like just just self coaching as we as we talk to each other. It's so great. Oh my god, yeah. Sometimes I listen to my podcast and I'm like, damn, that was great. <laughs> I'm like, I want to listen to myself so I can actually hear my intuition like live. It's so, it's so great. So, all right. Well, I have absolutely loved this conversation with you and I'm so incredibly grateful for you. And is there anything that you want to share with anyone that we haven't covered? Mm. I think just sit in front of the mirror and talk to yourself. I invite everyone to do that because it's so powerful. Clearly, Lori's doing it. It's so powerful. And just know that everything is good. You are loved. Um, Yeah, that's it. Mm, So I'd love for people to be able to find you and follow you. And what's most exciting for you right now? Yes. Um, so for the most part, I'm on Instagram the most. Um, I love I love just connecting with Tribe every day through like stories um, and really just being as intimate as I can with people. And then the podcast, Sexy Soul Radio, it's also that place where I just get to drop into my intuition and go on my little rants. Um, so those two things right now are really where I'm at. And I'm just very present with the evolution of what's coming in this next year. I'm, I'm living in a place of not having a plan really, but um, it feels really good. And I know a lot of exciting things are coming. Mm, well, Katie, I'm so grateful for you. And I just want to thank you for just being so... I literally can just feel your... Um, authenticity and willingness to like be curious and be open. And I'm so grateful for that and for this beautiful conversation that I know is going to serve so many people. So I always end on one last question. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So if you are in an elevator with someone, it's only like a 30 second ride and it's a total stranger and they look over at you and they ask you, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? Mm. I'd say tune into the creator of happiness every day. Mm. And that means prayer, devotional practice, meditation, anything. Joy comes from source for me always. So, mm. Oh, that is so beautiful. And you guys, if you loved this episode as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. 
Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back. And I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone 
phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you wanna create on a course or webinar and bam, it just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're gonna customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this and now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com.